0: I knew I had a long-term goal. I had, I had vision, you know, like I was looking forward to what the future will help. Like I didn't want to sit there and be stuck on today. I wanted to look forward to the future and see and put myself in a position to where I was going to be successful. And that was, that meant that I had to
1: You're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar Creators and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and bestselling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it. What's up, Gangstars? It's your girl, Davana, and this week's Gangstar Creative is Neil Malik. At 25, he found his calling and purpose in life as a hairstylist. He has now been doing hair for six years and often credits finding this gratifying art form with saving his life. In that first two years of doing hair, Neil had managed to enter and win five different contests that were on national and global levels. Some of the contests that he won first prize in were the Kenra Simply Blonde Contest for Best Ombre of the Year and the Ulta Beauty and Living Proof Blowout Contest in 2016. He's a four-time nominee for Behind the Chair One-Shot Hair Awards for the Best Pastel Hair, Festival Hair, and Best Wig, but perhaps he is best known for his winning with Pravana's Show Us Your Vivids Contest in 2016 with his Colors of the Winds-inspired work. This win catapulted Neil's career Career into national and global publicity. He found himself in major magazines and has even traveled to the opposite side of the world to Thailand. Neil paired his love for doing bold and bright vivid colors with the creation of his Instagram where he has reached over 100,000 organic followers and has recently become a verified Instagram account. In this episode we discuss many things like how Neil got into hair in the first place, what it takes to be a sought after award-winning hairstylist, different ways you can make money as a hairstylist, and just so many more different things. So let's hop into the episode. All right, Gangstars. Super excited for this week's Gangstar Creative Guest. I have Neil Malik. Thank you so much for joining me today. I mean, I'm just so excited to dive in on your story and have you share so many things. I actually had the privilege of meeting him at a Pravada event last year I was live painting at, um, and we got to connect a little bit over there, and we're finally making this happen. So, Neil, thank you so much for joining me.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here, and just to get creative with everybody.
1: Yeah, so let me just have you start off by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Who is Neil? Take us on a journey of where you started and where you are today.
0: Sure, so my name is Neil Malik, and I am from Central Florida, and so I grew up there, and um, I would say you could say I had a troubled past. Whenever I was a kid, I got into a lot mm-hmm. of trouble. I was a little troublemaker. Um, <laughs> It was like, I think the thing was, like, I was not really, my full attention wasn't grabbed by school. So I was always constantly trying to find something to grab my attention, you know. Mm -hmm. But I was one of those. Um, So when I went through school, I got into trouble and I needed an outlet. So a lot of the times I would either play sports or I would do some sort of art. And I found myself, you know, utilizing that as my creative outlet. But at that point in time, I didn't really realize that's what I was doing um so i had gotten into trouble when i was about 25 24 or 25 and um when i got out of jail i went to jail actually <laughs> for oh like man a, um when i got out of jail though i figured out something to do with myself i was like i gotta i gotta make my mom proud something so i went to hair school and that's when my life changed pretty much um mm. you know i went from being like I skipped sixty days of school, like in my senior year, and then I Dang. got an award for perfect attendance at hair school. So it was like <laughs> the opposite, you know.
1: You were in the right school. That's all that was
0: exactly. So that was that was huge for me. Like it really saved my life, to be honest with you. Um, wow. Yeah, it was a it's a really big turning point for me. So I went to hair school, and at the very beginning of it, I was not very good, um, but I quickly learned because once I became, once I started to learn about like hair color and the theory behind hair color, I became like enthralled with it. So I was super into it. And Mm. I found myself watching YouTube videos all night long, like of different hair colorists and influencers and things like that. And um, that was actually right before influencers came around. So that was about seven years ago. So at this point I'm about 25, 26, and I had just graduated school and you know, when, when I went through school, actually, I was very into, into, you know, I was into it. So, like, I was, there was a lot of kids that would sit in the, you know, break room, and if there wasn't a teacher around or something, they would just take breaks, and I was literally doing hair the whole time. So, you couldn't um. get me off the mannequin head. Um, <laughs> it was fun. It was something cool for me, something fun, gave my life purpose. And then, so, then you could say from there, I ended up working with, um, just a regular salon that was in the town and I did assist for a few months and then what I where I went to I went to a big corporate salon which was um, Ulta which I'm sure everyone's familiar with Ulta. yeah yeah so I went and worked there that was really cool because um, I had a really cool manager who allowed me to do you know express my creativity basically because being a corporate salon it was very strict and regimented and the, the yeah. rules that you had to follow. But here I am and I was like with my ring light and my backdrop and like hiding it in <laughs> the, like behind the bathroom like so I could take pictures of people's hair afterwards. Um, I, I really liked that part of the industry like taking pictures of it, doing a photo shoot. So I saw that is where I wanted to take my career. So mm. I started things like that on my days off. Um, on my days off I would literally be taking a picture of someone's hair um if i was walking in walmart i would you know see if i saw a girl that was beautiful long blonde hair i would like literally be stalking her around like and i'd be like you know i'm sorry about <laughs> talking to you but like i kind of am because i really want to do your hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i would do their hair and i would be like you know i'm gonna do it for free i just really want to take pictures of it and like you know get some uh, really good shots and do a photo shoot and they would 99 of the time be down yeah. and so that was really where I found my passion. So then I started my Instagram there and that was um, a big point too. So I started the Instagram. How Insta-
1: long ago was that when you started the Instagram?
0: Um, I started it in 2016, I think. Okay. I think 2016. So I started the Instagram and it was basically, I just started doing it on my days off. Like I said, I was doing free models and you know, I would be like, you know, there's a condition, you have to let me do whatever I want with your hair. And believe it or not, they were always like really down to do so. Like, I guess there was some confidence about me that they were willing to trust, but they never really gave me too much of a problem. Um, But I was very insistent, you know what I mean? Like I was very (laughs) like like, persistent, I guess you could say. So I made sure that they um, sat in my chair if I really wanted them what I started to do is I started to build up an archive and, you know, I was doing this almost on um, every day off and mm. I started to have tons and tons of pictures and fun little videos and things like that. And when I first started Instagram, that was all it was really about was content of, you know, your work. Yeah. Really, you no, know, like they didn't post, I didn't post myself. I was told not to post about myself actually, you know, like mm. when we first started, I was really told like, Don't post selfies um, and just post your work. So that's what I did. And quickly, I I began to grow pretty quick. When I was working at Ulta, I won, this is my second year out of hair school and I won four major contests that year. So that was really big.
2: Yeah,
0: that was 2016. And um, so I guess 2015 was whenever I started the Instagram and then 2016 is when I won uh, the Pravana contest, which was the biggest contest. Um, i Actually, won a Kenra contest and a Pravana contest, on, and the prizes fell on the same day, so I had to choose between which one I wanted to to go with. <laughs> because, yeah, so I was either wow. being in Cisco or LA, wow. so I chose LA, and that was the Pravana contest, and that contest was huge. It was it's a global contest. Um, yeah, yeah, it was major, and it was a great choice going with Pravana because they allowed me or you they really took me and they like kind of you know put their wings behind me and
1: awesome
0: yeah they really they really lifted me up and before you know it i was on every national publication for hair uh it was major like my name just got out there really quick so i grew really fast um after that and i had you know built a relationship and started a family with Pravana, which is still going on to this day which i'm really grateful for
1: Oh, that's awesome that they were able to like, you know, want to just invest in you, not just have you be, you know, part of the contest, but have a company that invested in you and your education and experience and all of that. It's yeah. awesome.
0: They literally like became my family. It was really great. It was um, definitely one of the things that helped me during that time because, you know, like I have just left this life of like craziness, you know, and like mm-hmm. I was trying to walk this straight and narrow path, um, you know, and you navigate through life, being, you know, starting a career and mm-hmm. being successful while like, you know, still rehabilitating from like, you know, a crazy lifestyle. Yeah. So it was it was definitely something that helped me a lot. And I'm I'm grateful for that that relationship that we had. Um because that was definitely something that I leaned on. For a little while
2: mm. um,
0: and then that that's kind of what brought me out to la um so let's go to the when i won the contest it was great i remember being on the phone with like five people it was like uh five people five of my closest friends and then my, my mom and my my family and uh-huh. we were on the phone and they were announcing the winners like every 15 minutes on instagram so they were doing like the third runner up and then this yeah you know, but then they came the third, second and after they announced the second place and the third place, I was like, wow, I really have a shot because I knew I had kind of like, you know, aligned it to where I knew what the competition was and mm-hmm. they rolled out that third place and then they rolled out the second place. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this really might be it. And then they announced my name and everybody, I think my eardrums blew because everybody was <laughs> like, oh, that this is so cool. It was one of the best moments of my life. Oh, that was a really cool moment. I won first place and, and then they literally catapulted my career. Um, so I still, um, you know, was doing the same thing with Ulta and I worked there for a couple of years and then I eventually kind of outgrew it a little bit and I had,
2: yeah.
0: once I won the contest, um, I had people starting to recruit me. And so I went to a, like one of the higher end salons that recruited me and in orlando and i I had an experience there that was not so favorable it was basically i became really close with everybody i thought and then i got some really bad health news and then uh ended up losing my job and then you know they they just kind of like turned their backs on me a little bit and it was you know one of those times in your life where you're like you you're really reaching for something you know so yeah I had hair still and that's the thing that's always pulled me through everything is you know being creative and getting through with hair yeah so that's been really helpful for me um and I'm grateful that I have it but yeah that was a a rough time but it was also not a mistake it was more of a discovery so I learned that you know you have to be careful and that sometimes things like that can happen but the the key is how you get up from it you know yeah so, basically, from there, I went to another salon, and I found a great, great group of people that I was allowed to be creative with, and it was just a really phenomenal experience. And I grew much more there than I would have grown at that, you know, high-end, bougie salon. That <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good experience because you know I, I grew from it. Um, so, I still am doing models on my days off. And um, then I ended up, you know going out to L.A. because I won that contest. So they brought me out to L.A, and I got to do a video shoot. And doing the video shoot was really cool. I got to meet like this really famous Instagram model, and I got to do her hair. and it was just really cool, and I got to go out there several times after that. And then one day I get a call, about a year or so after the contest, uh, I get a call from Pravana and they announced They're telling me that they wanted me to be a member of this group called the Pravana Collective, which mm. was a really cool concept. So they have like a group of me and two other um, influencers that they wanted to to kind of like spearhead and run the Pravana social media, like from our pages. So basically, right. we'd be a group, and we're going to go around and do all the hair shows, and we're going to go around and you know be the voice of Pravana, basically. So that was, hmm. really cool, and it was a small group at first, it was just a few of us. And now there's about eight or nine of us. So that's really cool. Um, and you know, that, that just opened up so many opportunities for me. It, you know, I was at every hair show working on stage I became an educator.
1: Yeah. I'm sure all the connections too, and meeting all different types of people in the industry helped.
0: Oh my God, it was amazing. Like the connections are phenomenal. Like I've, I've literally lived one of the best lives ever, you know. <laughs> I got to go to Thailand with them. That was dope.
2: Super. Yeah.
0: So yeah, and like that basically just brought me through to where I am now and I'm just, you know, like obviously we went through the quarantine which was a rough time, but you know, because uh, a lot of my gigs got canceled this year, but Yeah. Like where I was at when I met you, that um actual contest is the contest that I won. Right. Yeah, but whenever I won it, it was only one prize. So like, you know how they did it like multiple prizes that year? Yeah. Yeah, So when I did it, there was just one contest and one prize.
1: Oh, snap. And you got it.
0: (laughs) Whole thing, baby.
1: That's so amazing. And wow, what like a a journey that you've had. I mean, there's so many things that I want to touch on. Um, I'm curious to know, before you were doing hair, yeah, I know you said you had like a rough background, you were getting into trouble a lot. Did you have any plans at all, like as far as career-wise or even school-wise or if we were just kind of on this path, like how did you even stumble into hair in the first place out of all the things that you could be doing?
0: Girl, I wanted to be a rapper when I was young. I didn't want to. Be- <laughs> yeah, I didn't have like hardly any, uh, any idea I would be a hairstylist, like literally. Um, I think what it really, to be, if I'm going to be hundred percent real and transparent with you and honest with you, it goes back to, you know, when I was younger, I, I knew that I, my sexuality, I knew I was gay and I did mm-hmm. not like it at all because I literally, I grew up in a really small town in central Florida called Titusville, Florida. And, mm-hmm. you know, there, it's just was when I was growing up, it just wasn't okay to be gay. It was not cool. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I was afraid I was going to get bullied and, you know, I was going to get you know, beat up or something, and then I'm, you know, thinking of how am I going to tell people, so, because I'm eight years old when I knew this, and I remember at least thinking, like, damn, why me, like, (laughs) so (laughs) I (laughs) struggle with that, you know, so I was just like, hmm, I'm going to do anything I can that's going to be the opposite of looking gay, you know, so I literally, to, you know, becoming, I went and played sports, and I dropped out of acting, and then, you know, I literally was like, you know, becoming a gangster or like, you know, it was it was tragic, but it was it was definitely one of those things that I used because I didn't want to be, I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. Right. So um I think that art has helped with that like tremendously, and I'm grateful for that. Definitely. And I think that yeah. I always was artistic and I, you know, used to draw and paint, but I never thought I was gonna do hair because obviously that would be looking gay. So like, for me, I didn't think that that would be okay. But Mm -hmm. once I became, once I came out, and I got the response that I did from my family and my friends, and I was starting to like, you know, come into my own and be comfortable in my own skin, um, hair finally opened itself to me, you know, like, I was finally, okay, I could do that. So it became an option at that point, you know?
1: Yeah. So it was something that like, you had in the back of your mind, like you saw people getting their hair done or when you would get your hair cut or whatever, you were like, I think this would be cool to do, but never really took much thought to it until you finally felt um, like good and complete with yourself and more confident in yourself and who you are to say like, I'm going to go tackle this hair thing. Or did like somebody ask you to do their hair and then you did their hair and then like, that was it. Was there like, what was that? I don't know. Idea. How did that idea pop into your head?
0: No, actually, I did have it in the back of my head, to be honest with you. Oh, cool. I definitely did, yeah. Like, I had seen it, and I was like, man, that would be dope. That would be really dope. But then, like, you know, I just kept it for myself.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Wow, what a testament to that, too, because you went through so many different things um, in your childhood and young, adolescent self, and... A lot of people feel like even when they're 25 like oh it's too late to like find myself like people feel like they have to find what they're good at and what they want to do like so young whereas you are a testament to show that you know you had like a bad upbringing or a bad background as a kid but at 25 you you know turned your life around and found something that you could pour your heart and soul into and i mean Where you are today, like who would have ever known, based off of you know what they knew of you before, that you would be where you are today?
0: Exactly. Yeah, you would never, you would never know. I mean, like twenty-five years old. That I was the oldest. Like it was like probably the third oldest person there. I mean, there was like a forty-year-old there, and maybe like one other person that was older than me at at hair school. But Mm -hmm. mostly everybody was really young. And then people do think that they're supposed to find what they're you know good at or what they're going to do for their career when they're really young. And obviously, that's ideal because you don't have so many bad, you know, habits. But you know, it's just a little bit more difficult whenever you're older. But it's definitely doable, and it's definitely something that, when you look back on it, it was easier than you thought it would be. You know,
2: Mm -hmm. it can be daunting
0: first. It can seem daunting, and it it is kind of scary. But that's when you grow the most. You know, the the finest steel goes through the hottest fire. You know.
1: Absolutely. I love that. And you shared basically like within your first two years in hair, you grew like your talent grew exponentially. What do you feel like was for lack of a better word, like the secret to that? I mean, it sounded like you were just putting in the work. You know, you said on the weekends, you were like stalking girls and asking to do their hair. But is there anything else you could share to that?
0: Yeah, so I was definitely putting in a lot of work, Um, but I, you know, the the biggest thing that drove that was I found my passion. You know, like I was, Mm. it wasn't work to me. It was like fun. Like I was having fun on my days off. You know, so for me, it was just I'm lucky and I'm fortunate that I found my passion because you know if it was work, I wouldn't have been there. I wouldn't have done that. So Mm. I think that's the biggest key for anybody to find their passion and to tap into it. Because once you tap into your passion, then there's really no limit. You'll do anything for it um, because it is you. It's your identity.
1: Based off of that, what would you say is like, for the lack of a better word, again, the secret to getting nominated and winning all the contests that you did, especially so early on in your career?
0: So I, the biggest thing that I focused on was attention to detail. So if it didn't look like, okay, so I'm looking at, these, I'm looking at everybody's posts on Instagram And I'm looking at the people that I'm really inspired by. And then I'm looking at other people's that I'm really not so inspired by. And (laughs) I'm wondering what the difference is, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm looking at these people that I'm like super inspired by. I'm like, damn, these details are just like on point. The photos are crisp. Like, it looks like you can't even touch it. Like, it looks flawless. And then the other ones weren't like, you know, they just weren't, they didn't have as much time put into them. You could tell that they didn't have the the finesse behind it. Mm. So there was that, like, that was one of the biggest things. I mean, if, if you're going to like go out for contests and stuff, and if if it isn't going to be put on like, you know, print, like if they're not going to put it on a magazine, then don't, then I wouldn't post it. You know, like for me, that's how I am. Gotcha. So I was just, I kept it like that. Like, I mean, that was my, I guess my expectations and my standards that I set for myself were really high. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to live up to that. And I, and I had a little competition you know amongst myself that I would try to you know I'll do myself every time you know I would try to do better and I would try to you know put myself up with the best
1: yeah oh I love that and I think that's really important to point out and to note for our listeners is like there's so many different creative fields you can be in and whatever one that you're in you really have to obviously focus on yourself, but when you pay attention to the comp, like the quote unquote competition around you, it really helps you be better and strive to be better. Cause you can see what kind of standards are out there and how, how you want to strive to succeed and how you want to be better. And also how you don't want, like what you don't want to look like, or what your work doesn't want to be like, you know what I mean? Like you have to look at those people around you and the fact that you were able to kind of like take that on your own, look at everybody in the industry and then take the good and the bad and then kind of seed it and find your own, um, unique kind of, you know, motivation or talent out of that. It's really awesome.
0: Yeah. Cause it's like they say, you surround yourself with people that you want to be like, or, you know, at least at your level or better. So yeah. that's what you got. You got to do that in your, in your business and, your know, personal life.
1: Yeah.
0: The friends that you surround yourself with can either lift you up or bring you down, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, your background, obviously, I'm sure you had some not so oh, great yeah. people. <laughs> but once you start to surround yourself with all the amazing, creative hairstylists and people in the industry, you know, things change.
0: Yeah, they change quick. And, you know, like other people that, you know, I used to hang out with that were like, why don't you hang out with me, with me anymore? You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm just like, I mean, the, it's obvious, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. So it was
0: definitely something that people noticed in me and I'm grateful for that.
1: Yeah, so. and I think I think for everybody listening too, it's like if you feel like you don't have the right people surrounded by you or people that are negative or haters or not supporting you, you got to find those people that are like-minded and can lift you up and encourage you and support you and you can support each other. And it's just as easy as like just... DMing somebody on Instagram and saying, Hey, like you want to set up a, a call every week so we can like keep each other accountable and share our goals and things like that. Like, I feel like creatives make it harder than it is to find those people to surround yourself with when really in today's age, it's just as going to the events that your people are at and connecting with people and messaging people on social media.
0: That's so true. And that's one of the things that I really want to, wanted to tap into in my career. Um, And my personal life was more collaborations with artists Mm. so i really did do a lot of those and um i can remember one of my favorite like things that i've done in my career is i do you remember when periscope came around yeah yeah when periscope first came out i did a dope little thing like with this this girl that was in my town she was super dope such a great artist her and I, we, we were like message each other on, on Instagram. And we were like, let's, let's collaborate. You know, I think your work is dope. I think uh, we would do something fun together. And then we became really good friends. And so what we started to do was we would do models together on our days off. And it was fun because they were turning out like way more badass than like, you know, what we would do on our own. So it was cool because we were like really growing together and like, um, you know, we had this like vibe. It was so it was super dope. We, we definitely cool. grew, we challenged each other and we like vibed off each other really well. And I think that was a big key to like what I, you know, what helped me grow was the collaboration aspect. Um Other artists growing from other other artists, you, you can only challenge yourself so much unless you see what else is around you and then you can grow from that too, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So the Periscope app, um, we would do this this show every every week or every other week, and it would it was called Parallel Universe, and it was super <laughs> cool. Yeah, we came up with this name Parallel Universe, and we would post a picture at the beginning of the week with the inspiration. So it could be anything, like it could be a, a beta fish, or it could be <laughs> uh, you know a parrot or whatever, a jellyfish, anything, anything colorful, anything in nature, anything whatever. And, um, so then we would post that at the beginning of the week. And then at the end of the week, we, we would have a model come in and we would be on Periscope app and we would do our in- interpretive hair art based on that. picture. <laughs> so whatever the picture was, we would interpret it onto the hair and we would, we would have our followers like join in and it would be cool. It was really cool. It was a fun thing. Uh, I'm thinking about bringing it back
1: you should that'd be fun to see like I love when people like show an inspiration from something and then like you see the end product of whatever it is like a tear or a painting or illustration or even a a dance routine it's just like how did that even that's so cool
0: I know because it's like how did they even get that from that so it's super dope it's really cool how they how it expands your mind you know
1: Hey Gangstar, sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, stop what you're doing right now and share this podcast with your friends on social media or text it to a friend in your contacts. If you're a true gangstar and want to uplift and empower other creatives like I know you do, you're going to want to take a few seconds to do this now. Go ahead and pick your phone back up or click that browser tab that you're playing this episode in, hit that pause button and share it now. Hello, what are you waiting for? All right. Thank you for doing that. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing you do that. I definitely think that you should do that, especially like right now with quarantine and COVID and all that, and everybody's just looking for different things to watch and entertain themselves with. I think that'd be really cool to to watch and see.
0: Yeah, that'd be cool. So maybe you can give me some inspiration pictures.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I would love that. I'd be so honored. (laughs) I'll send, I'll send you something. so for people listening that like I'm sure they're hearing your story and they're getting really inspired and really motivated um how does one even get into like the hair industry like for the listener that maybe was like you had it in the back of their mind but now are listening to you and is like really inspired to kind of step into it how does one even do that
0: so you definitely you start off by going to hair to a hair school and so there's always this discussion like do I need to go to a really good hair school or do I need to just go and get my license and then call a day and then just learn on the job, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's that, there's always that question. Um, I just decided to go to Aveda, which is a higher end school. Um, And the reason I did that is because I didn't really know no better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, I'm just going to go to this school so they can, I can learn the best. Like, I don't know what else I'm going to learn at these other places. So I went to that school and I'm really glad that I did because the way that they brought broke down the color theory was completely different. And it's going to be completely different from anybody else that teaches you color because the way that they break it down is super dope. It's like basically they just have the level system and then they have all of the tones by themselves. So you just mix those in as you go, like depending on what color you want and what color you have. So that's really mm. cool, and then I think it made me learn color in a different way, and it and it made me understand it a lot better. Um, so personally, I went to that, and I'm glad I did. But there's so much you can learn on the job, um, and if you assist the right person, if you know somebody who's in a hairstylist and um, who you admire or who you're like you know inspired by, then you could go to uh, any school um, in the world and get your license and then you can learn it all from them too you know like my assistants mm-hmm. have gone on to do some incredible things and they definitely know their color <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they've learned a lot wow. from me i'm sure and i and i have learned a lot from them too
1: wow i always hear that there's like drama um or like it's always like confusion <laughs> after the school step like choosing a salon and like where to go after you know you get your cosmetology license or whatever that uh, license is and I always just hear like these mixed stories even like how you mentioned earlier how you like joined a salon a bougie salon that wasn't you know the the right choice but then you found a good one it's like do you have any tips for somebody to navigate that kind of like next few steps after they're, they're trying to like take those next few steps in their career
0: definitely um I think now Is the best time more than ever because there's social media you know so you're able to see who's doing it big in your town you're able to see Mm -hmm. like out there doing like the kind of work you want to do like if you want to do vivid hair color you're able to see who's top dog in your in your town and then you can you know try to work for them so that's a really good opportunity right there i mean i didn't really instagram wasn't out yet when i graduated so um i just kind of went where the school kind of placed me because aveda Mm -hmm. they have people they have that's the good thing about aveda is they promise you at the beginning that you'll they'll get you a job when you're done so that's like one of the perks of going to one of the higher end schools like there's aveda and paul mitchell would be like the two top schools i would say like as far as like convenience because there's a lot of them and then um the education aspect behind it Um, but they always place you into a good salon but The salon that I went to right out of school was Aveda, and they're supposed to be using all Aveda color, and they were using Pravana and not telling people. So I'm like, "Uh -uh." (laughs) uh-uh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like, it's going to be a journey. Just know that.
1: (laughs) Gotcha. That's just part of the journey. Kind of have to do it through experience. It's not really like a one-all-be-all type of Not really
0: no it's all about your personal experience but you can use social media to kind of like you know develop a, a good pathway for yourself
1: what set someone apart from like just being a hairstylist to becoming a well-known like sought after stylist like yourself obviously you could have just stuck to a salon and then done hair but then it sounds like you know you got into contests and then you got connected with people and you became like an ambassador or part of a collective like you got these really cool opportunities that came your way from your your work and your work ethic. Um, So I'm just curious to know, like there's probably a lot of people that just do hair at the salon, but they're not like taking it a step further. So I'm wondering like what sets someone apart from just being like your regular hairstylist as someone like yourself, who's well known and sought after in the hair world.
0: So what I would think is there's a lot of people out there that are like scared, you know, there's fear will hold you back a Mm. lot fear is going to be one of those things that like you're it's 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 like paralyzing you know yeah so a lot of people out there like i that i've come in contact with throughout the years that have worked with me and different things like that and they're just a little bit scared to take that step whenever it's not all that scary you know like there's definitely some some things that could happen where it could you know be detrimental to you or like but it's really not going to be anything that's going to like really like knock you out of the game. It's going to be something you learn from. And that's the, the the whole aspect of like discoveries, not mistakes. You know, I like to look at that um, because the way you look at things is, is is perspective is reality really, you know, like if you can learn from something, then go for it. And you know, what's the worst that can happen?
2: Mm -hmm. I think
0: people a lot of people are scared that they're going to, they're going to, like, say, spend, money, spend time and money on a contest whenever they got bills to pay, you know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's like, well, if you do that now and you can make it by, you might not be happy yet. But pretty soon you'll be able to, be, like, turn it to the old life and give it the middle finger and be like, deuces. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like,
2: like, mm-hmm.
0: That's the thing. Like, you, you got to look at it like, so, you know, this takes a lot of time out. And I was doing a lot of models on my day off. But like, for me, I was doing it and I wasn't getting paid and I was working my ass off. But I was doing it because I loved it and I knew I had a long-term goal. I had, I had vision, you know, like I was looking forward to what the future held. Like, I didn't want to sit there and be stuck on today. I wanted to look forward to the future and see and put myself in a position to where I was going to be successful. And that was, that meant that I had to do that shit that day. Like, you know, like I had to do that.
1: It's like the, the hustle is part of it. And then also the risk-taking is part of it. And I always tell people like when they say they want to be entrepreneurs or start their own business, and they have that fear of like failing, it's like, I'm just going to tell you right now you're going to fail. You know, right. like that's you're going to lose some, you're going to cry, you're going to lose money. Like things bad things are going to happen. That's like part of the entrepreneurial journey, especially as a creative entrepreneur. Like you can't you can't fight that. But the sooner you get that over with, like the sooner you're going to get to your destination.
0: That's one of the biggest mistakes I think I think people make in business is they plan only for success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so like you if you don't plan for a little bit of failure like you i mean it's not failure it's discoveries like it's just that's the point blank it's you're just mm-hmm. going through again you know it's your journey so i think that like if you if you brace yourself for that and you're like okay i can take this hit but i'm gonna be better for it on the end it's just like i mean uh, that's what you got to do
1: yeah would you say success as a hairstylist is location dependent like has moving to la helped you tremendously as far as you know? your career or do you feel like people can really be successful anywhere?
0: I definitely think you can be successful anywhere. Um, because I didn't move to LA and become successful. And, and if I was, my career brought me out here, you know what I mean? Like, so like Mm -hmm. I was already coming out here a lot because of the things that I do, like as far as like photo shoots and like, that was what I had my end goal as, you know, like when I was working at Ulta, I was thinking about LA the whole time. So I was like, I want to work on photo shoots. I want to do like magazine work. I want to do set work or like, I wanted to do a certain thing. Like, and that's where I started doing that on my days off and like started doing my own for free. And then now it brought me out here because that's where I kind of positioned myself. But like, if I wanted to do like something different, like bridal work or something, um, you know, I probably wouldn't be out here because I would just be doing brides in my town and that would be great. And like, maybe I would be traveling a lot because i would be doing the instagram thing but you know there's different things that whatever you want to do you got to position yourself for it so like if you wanted to do what i do and you wanted to be like that then you probably couldn't be stuck on staying in your small in your small town you know okay. you'd have to be willing to move or travel
1: yeah That makes sense. Um, And I bet some people listening, like LA is always, California is always a dream for everybody, especially if you're not from California. People who grow up in Cali, like they have no clue how people outside of Cali view California. And I know that was the truth for me and my husband, because we had never set foot in California, but we knew we had to be. In SoCal, you're living the dream, pursuing our business and entrepreneurial goals um, in order to, you know, get to where we wanted to be. And we were willing to take that risk. So I think that's cool that you said, you know, it's not necessarily location dependent, but you also have to know what your goals are. And if your goal is to be someone like you or like do the things that you're doing, like you have to be open to traveling.
0: Definitely. Because one of the biggest things that people have always said to me whenever, like, they're talking about my work or whatever, is like, or that they take a class of mine, um, is they always say that nobody wants to do that hair in my town. I said nobody wanted to do it in Orlando until I started making them do it.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) They're probably looking
1: for somebody, you know? know.
0: They didn't know what they wanted until I showed them what they want.
1: Exactly and it's I, I think it's a very like specialty type of talent right that you have or people that do like vivids and colors not a lot of people can uh, do it.
0: It definitely started off that way and it's becoming a lot more of the norm these days which is cool mm-hmm. because that means it's just becoming part of our culture and that's really a great feeling because I feel like when I started there was you know a handful of us and then now it's like you know it's becoming part of our culture so that's really cool because I feel like you know, me and uh, and my friends have, like, helped shape that a little bit, um, and something like that is just something to be proud of, and I think that we all as hairstylists are, like, a really great community, and there is drama and stuff, but, you know, I think that, you know, as far as the talent goes, there, there's definitely a lot to be proud of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you now... Just, do you have like your own salon that you, you do hair out of? Do you do not do hair anymore? And you kind of focus on other things like collaborating with people or I know you're doing wigs and stuff now. Like, I'm curious yeah. to know, like, how do you make your living? Do you have specific types of revenue streams in your business? Like, how do you make your money as a hairstylist in the position that you are in your career?
0: So, yeah, that we haven't even touched on the wigs yet.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah so i got into wigs about like seriously got into them about about a year ago um but it's been about like two years since i've been doing like them oh you know like that but um about a year ago i really got into this wig thing and and it was a perfect timing because you know the wig industry now is like booming and and it's part of our culture too you know Mm -hmm. so I, um, I do, I do a lot with wigs now. So what I've created is, um, I have my own little wig shop that I've been running on Etsy and I'm coming out with my new, with my website, which is, um, getting ready to be rolled out any, any moment now. So it'd probably be out. like oh, next cool! Week. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Cause then people can just purchase the wigs directly from there and they can, um, they can, you know, get custom orders and, you can do anything you really want with the with the with the um technology that i'll have on there so that's really cool and then um i've been t- so that's a great revenue source um and then i set up a, i do a lot of education so i do mm. personal one-on-one mentoring um i do uh, classes and i have this new thing that i'm rolling out with called wig wizardry which is really cool mm-hmm. because it's, um, it's an online curriculum that I've created for people who want to learn more about wigs and coloring wigs or installing wigs or anything to do with them. Um, and I'm coming out with that here very soon whenever I release the site. And so Wig Wizardry, I did one class already and it was a really good turnout. It was really great um, feedback and people wanted more. So um, I have an eight month course set up right now. So it's gonna be like one Zoom class a month And then you can get like memberships and things like that to it. And uh, somebody's putting a lot of work into that. And that's going to be really cool because I think the, it's something that the industry might be lacking or like maybe people are not really sure how to do wigs because when I first Mm -hmm. did, when I got my first wig, somebody, uh, a big company sent me a wig and I was like, what in the world am I going to do with this? I don't even know. I got a mess. So I know that people, can, they can be a little scary at first. So um, I think that I'm excited that I've had this experience with the, with the two years of experience that I've done. Um, I've been spending a lot of time with them. And so I've learned a lot. And I've met a lot of people that have taught me a lot. Um, so that is one way that I make money. Um, another one is I have brand sponsorships that um, mm. I, I work with Havana. Um, I work with other brands. Uh, like Brazilian Bond Builder, um, and then other extension companies like Glam Seamless. I've worked with, and then I work with Booksy, which is um, uh, an appointment su- system. Um, so all of those I generate revenue from because I create content for them. Or Bona um, cool. is is a really cool one because like they had the closest relationship with them and they really take care of me. So um, I, I have a contract with them that I that I do specific things for them like creating content and just being like basically their their main you know source of social media for on my page Mm -hmm. be all geared towards privana and that's because i love the product and i love the company and they they take care of me so there's that and then also you know like the entrepreneurial side of it where i'm doing my own classes and my own one-on-one mentoring and you know through social media is where everything comes from you know Um, i'm able to Generate a lot of revenue from that because uh that has i just got verified this this year and um so i got that check
1: ooh, ooh. Yeah, yes that kind of, you better have that blue check that's what i'm talking about
0: that's what i'm talking about um so i got that and i really woke up one day with that and i was like what i was like mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you didn't even know it was coming that's what's up I it was coming
0: i was like oh i was doing the house doing the only dance it was fun. <laughs> so that was cool and then that helps you get it gives you a lot of clout like it It really does like it i people will treat you differently when you have that check it's it's interesting yeah. especially out here in la it's like you know la can be one of those towns but
2: mm-hmm. you, know, like,
0: you got a check though you good but mm-hmm. it's like you know i try not to look at it like that but it's it's the truth it's the truth the sad truth um but i do generate a lot of revenue from my instagram because of the work that i put into it and i I take it seriously and i i do put a lot of passion behind it
1: oh wow that's awesome thank you for being transparent and like sharing that and i think it's good for people listening to know like i know when i was younger um I always, like, looked for mentors or, like, looked to, like, want to shadow people or, you know, train under people or just, like, whatever I wanted to pursue, I always tried to find that person. And I don't think a lot of people know that if you look up to somebody or you admire someone someone's work or if you want to you know, learn from that person, all you have to do is reach out. And a lot of times they'll, like – provide quick and free advice but also if you want something in depth you could just say like hey how much can I pay for like three hours of your time for you to like sit with me or hop on a call with me and really go into detail about x y and z and they'll do it you know what I mean like it's so much better to do that than just like just relying on college or relying on um like a, a school to give you that experience where like when you want to learn from somebody all you got to do is reach out and pay for their time and you're good to go.
0: Yep just pull out them bucks.
1: You know <laughs> a lot of people do offer coaching and mentoring, like you said, like you, myself, and there's lots of experts and people out there that do that. And then even if they don't necessarily put it out there that they do, if you say you're willing to pay for their time, they're more than likely to be like, okay, sure. You know?
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, I didn't even think about that until like when I was like younger or earlier on in my career, I didn't even really think about like doing the, the whole like offering somebody, you know, payment to learn from them. Like I didn't even really mm-hmm. like about that until somebody like did it to me and I was like, what? I was like, girl, yeah, you, you can pay me to Yeah, you can pay me. I'll give you some information. Like, you know, <laughs> hey, wait a minute, I should start doing this more often.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think anybody Um, who's an expert in whatever they do should offer some sort of coaching or mentorship like paid, you know, either, you know, it's over a monthly span or if it's just like, you know, one hour calls or whatever, like whatever works for you and your schedule and your lifestyle. Like you should totally be offering that. Cause if you're not, you're totally missing out on a revenue revenue stream as well as an opportunity to help more people.
0: Exactly. That's, that's it right there. You got, I mean, these people that, that do this, like reach out to me and they, and they're, they're so grateful and it's that's really rewarding to me i'm like really happy about that because i'm able to like really affect somebody's life and like help them and 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 really like touch them like indeed and, and just get them like the the what they need to give them exactly what they're what they're you know missing in their career yeah yeah,
1: yeah. and it's like there's free information out there, but there's nothing like just getting to the point of what you need and right. going directly to the source of who's doing what you want to do and just learning straight from them. Like it's totally worth investing in yourself and your business in that way.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a, that's the big thing with the wigs right now too is a, is um that's one I'm kind of trying to build with the wig wizardry thing is like a little membership type deal where yeah.
2: it's
0: private Instagram and um so you can have the membership and then like whatever you whenever you get the membership then you would you would be able to go to the instagram that i have set up for it and then i would do all of the mentoring on there and then i would you know have it private obviously and then i would just do like monthly calls or you know it would be available for them whatever mm-hmm. so i'm trying to build that into the into the program right now so that's that's exciting i'm excited about it i love helping you. yeah
1: people. That's so I'm so excited for you. Um, That's so awesome. I just love when people creators are like creating online education for people because I feel like it's so needed. And right now with the pandemic, it's such a perfect time to create something like that so that you can obviously make money, but you can also just help a bunch of people and other people can learn how to do their own creative stuff and talents and businesses at the same time. It's just like a whole full circle of just awesomeness.
0: Yeah, that's like a huge thing too with the creatives. Is I think a lot of times like we get complacent, or like so there was been a time where I'm like, you know, all right, cool. So I feel like I'm I feel like I'm Gucci. Like I'm good. I got this. Like mm-hmm. um, i know, pretty much all there is to know about color. But it's like, bitch, no, I don't. no, you don't. It's like <laughs> you, that person is your colleague, and you you might think you know like, but you can still take their class. You know, like
2: yeah,
0: you'll learn from them like that. I had to check myself on that because like, I was like finding myself like, damn, when's the last time I took a class? Like, mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm like, so then what do I think that I'm like better than this person? Or do I think that I know everything or like, what's my deal? So I had to like really check myself. And then I was like, okay, so let me pay for this girl's class. Cause I love her. Like, I think she's dope as fuck. So like, let's do it. Bam. So I took her class and then, then it's like, okay. And then I'm back in the role again, you know, like I'm back on the role. Yeah. Like, I'm so it's like, that's where I really had to check myself because like getting complacent is easy to do.
1: That's so true. And I love that you shared that where it's just, you got to check your ego at the door, always be learning. Like the most successful people have coaches, they have Run. mentors, <laughs> you know, not everybody, no one's doing it by themselves completely. Yeah. That's so.
0: one, of the, one of the biggest things that I had to learn too, is because, so since it, here's such a passion of mine, you know, like I was running myself ragged, you know, I was doing everything myself. I was doing it all like All the time, you know, like you know, and Mm I it kept me out of trouble, like it really did, like so I used it a lot, you know, know? like I mean, because that's all I did back in the day was these great troubles. I'm like, damn, I need to do a lot of this hair stuff, so (laughs) you know, like, so I found myself getting burnt out, and then you know that wasn't good either because that created a negative effect on me, and 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 it had played into my health. So I was like, I need to check myself. So I had to learn balance and I'm still learning balance to this day, but you know, I'm getting a lot better at it. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, man, this is such good stuff. I'm, I mean, yeah. you're, you seem so busy. Like you have a lot of things you're working on. You're doing a lot of things. Do you have like a team or do you outsource to anybody? Like do you have an agent or assistant, a manager, or do you have any like contractors or part-time employees or anything?
0: Yeah. So I have, I, definitely try to keep somebody in on as an assistant um meaning like so well right now california we can't do hair so mm-hmm. we can't do hair on people so like uh i usually like to have like uh, an assistant for hair and an assistant for tech you know so mm-hmm. anything like that i need done like as far as you know going and setting up this helping him with this website or things like that you know like i need somebody for that because I'm not the best technology person, I'm just not, and um, so I always had. I'm, I'm learning that I need to keep somebody on for that. So
2: yeah,
0: then I also need somebody who's going to help me with the clients, you know, because I was doing a lot of clients before I moved. Um, mm-hmm. Now that I've moved and I've gotten into the wigs, I'm doing I'm doing less clients because I don't really have as much time to devote to that right now. So um, I don't personally have a, a hair assistant at this time, but I usually did. I usually do. Um, And then uh, I don't have a manager or anything like that, but I do have an entire tech team that I hired. So they Mm -hmm. have built a website for me and they keep it running and I give them all the information and then they just put it together for me. So there's a, yeah, so it's called Freebird. And if anybody is a hairstylist, um, it's really, it's a really dope company. Freebird is, is basically um, a guy and a girl, the, the, their white husband and wife. And, they started this company she was a hairstylist he's the tech geek and they got together and formed this happy little baby called freebird <laughs> that's
1: so it's, cool
0: yeah it's really helpful for people like me because i'm very right-sided right brain left <laughs> mm. yeah, brain like you know when it comes to like organization and things like that i'm like all over <laughs> the <same> place <laughs> that's funny so i'm super that's artistic.
1: awesome though
0: you know i needed someone to help me like kind of steer in the right name so for the tech stuff yeah, so I just if I need to get hired. It
1: there you go. You gotta focus on your strengths and hire out your weaknesses. Sometimes
0: exactly, you really do.
1: What would you say are some tips? for hairstylists during a time like this, um, in the pandemic, I know a lot of people in your industry are struggling. Some people are thriving, you know, some people don't know what to do or where to pivot. Um, so what are some tips you could give to anybody listening that may be struggling right now, um, during, you know, the situation with the COVID and all that?
0: Yeah. I mean, whenever COVID first hit, I was definitely depressed and, um, not in the best mental space. So what I had to do is I had to get back to basics and get back to what, where I started, you know? Um, mm. what, what did I drive my passion from? What drove my passion when I first started? And so then that was whenever I actually had to check myself about taking a class, you know? And I was like, well, when's the last time I took a class? You know, like, what got me started? Like, where did I originate? Where did Where was I most happy? So I was like, Getting like flashbacks of times when I was so happy when I was I was you know in school or like I was like watching YouTube videos or I was like mm-hmm. learning I was like I need to get back to learning you know so I'm depleting all of this energy by teaching and and doing everything like that but I'm not really building it back up you know so I felt like that was a big turning point for me um, because I was really like struggling because of that because you know I was running myself thin and then. Now we have the COVID and I'm sitting here with all this free time. So I'm like, what am I going to do with it? So I just started trying to utilize it for taking classes and learning and doing as much as I can for that and, and doing self-care and mindfulness training and meditation. Something that I never even thought about before. Um, (laughs) I'm teaching at this really cool event called Elevated Stylist this year and It's a dope, dope, dope retreat. And I'm really, uh, it's going to be virtual because of the COVID, but Mm -hmm. um, usually it's like three hours outside of Toronto and it is a mindfulness retreat for stylists because we give so much of ourselves to everybody. Usually we have so many clients that we give ourselves to, and we're just very much yes people. Um, a lot of times we often forget to take care of ourselves. Um, so this retreat is dope as fuck because it basically, it focuses all on meditation, yoga, there, there's yoga there. Um, there's speakers, there's, there's hair education, which is where I come in. So they hired, so I'm, I'm going to be doing a, a class there. So it's going to cool. be super good. It's It's like all, it's like all around, you get to like heal your mind, body, and soul. And like, you get to learn some education at the same time. So that's a really cool opportunity for people if they wanted to take advantage of that. They can go click the link in my bio. Um, that's a really cool one because even though it's virtual, now it's just in your living room. And, you know, you get to do the same thing with these great, amazing people that are super inspirational. And that would be a good place for them to learn where how they can deal with this quarantine, you know.
1: Mm, I love that. I am sad that covid is you can't have any events or anything because I can only imagine how even more amazing that thing would be if it was in right? person you oh know my God, but. Well, I was like,
0: when they when they asked me to do it I was like yes <laughs> well, I need that it's like what in the middle of the wilderness in Canada yes please
1: yeah that sounds really cool that's awesome congrats on that opportunity I know um, anybody listening if they want to you know, have that self care moment. It sounds like that's like a really good option. So
0: that's yeah, great. And then you know, if they didn't ask me to do that, I probably wouldn't even be mindful enough to like do self care as much as I have been. So you kind of
1: felt like you have to now because like, at first I was like, okay, I was like, I'll do it,
0: but I was like, mm, I might need to get myself in some self care before I start going to this <laughs> retreat. You know, so like I was like, you know, falling short on that too. So that's something that. Um, I'm grateful for the opportunity because it's helped me grow as a person.
1: Yeah, it's funny too, because you're in LA, so it's the best place to be if you're trying to find out how to do self-care and meditation and all of that. Yeah, so in uh, in your questionnaire that you sent, it says that you helped open up a shop called Bree Culture i'm curious to know like how that came about do you co-own it or you just kind of helped out with like the wigs and things like that tell us more
0: so have you ever heard of hair queen la
1: not until i (laughs) from you i looked into it it before we talked
0: so hair queen la is dope this hair queen la um, is owned by one of my favorite people his name is moyo and he is um, from Africa and he's 27 years old and he's super, super inspirational. You should definitely talk to him. Um, cool. He is, a, he owns Hair Queen LA and um, He approached me on Instagram and asked me if I would be uh, If I would be interested in coloring and being a colorist at, his, at Hair Queen LA. And I was like, at the time I was like, yeah, man, they have, this, is a really, this is a great opportunity for me. Like this is perfect. I get to learn more about wigs. I get to color them, which I love. And then, you know, like this is a great opportunity because like, I don't really have a job. I just moved out here to LA. So it's like, perfect. So I started working with him and he was, he loved the way I was coloring the wigs and, and we had a great relationship. So then he approached me after the, right after I got back from quarantine, because I went to Florida for three months. I didn't plan on being there for three months, but I was there. For three <laughs> months. Um, and then I came back and he's like, Hey, I'm opening up a new shop. Would you be the would you, would you be the lead colorist on it? And, and so I designed all of the 50 wigs that he was, um, he was basically putting on display there. So I oh, helped him cool. open that up. It was basically me inside of a shop for two weeks. Um, uh, you know, half the time I was by myself. And then the other time I had an assistant and we, I just created as many wigs as I could. So I, I would uh-huh. come up with the formulas, I'd come up with the placements and I would you know, come up with the looks. So it was really fun.
1: Wow, that's so cool! Is that like something that? I mean, obviously, I don't really know much about how that works. Is that something that like you have like a long-term partnership with him, like every month or whatever time frame? Like you're creating new wigs, or was it just kind of like for the opening?
0: No, that I I still work there.
1: Oh, okay, cool.
0: Well, yeah. Yes, so awesome. I still I still create the wigs and everything like that, and I do all of the um, coloring for them, and. Uh, yeah I I come up with like the formulas and stuff like that and that's a that's been a really fun thing for me I really enjoy doing that because it allows me to get really creative and and I can you know utilize my crazy brain
1: (laughs) (laughs) as we've been talking about you know a lot of the awesome stuff that you've been doing in your career and in your different businesses I love asking the question like what was one of the biggest mistakes that you made in this business and how did you grow from it?
0: Um, Let's see. So the biggest mistake I would say would be, well, I like the the phrase like um, planning only for success. You know, like Mm -hmm. I I could see myself doing that at the beginning and um, I had to quickly realize that I wasn't going to always succeed because I had so much success at the very beginning um, whenever I, whenever I hit a hiatus, um, I, I, could see myself getting depressed and things like that. So I had mm-hmm. to learn that, like, I couldn't do it all by myself. So there was, a, there was a big learning point like there, like I had to hire a team. Um, I wasn't going to be able to do it all by myself, you know, the entire time. So I think mm-hmm. that like, don't plan for only success and then know that you can't do it all yourself.
1: Mm, that's good. That's really good advice.
0: Yeah, I had to That's think right. about that because I was like, really, I'm like, hmm, I'm like, what what really was it, you know, and I, was, I just realized that, like, when I planned for nothing but success, and I didn't think about the failure or, like, you know, the obstacles that I'd have to overcome or anything that, like, may knock me down, how am I going to get back up from that? Then the, you have to have a plan in place, you know, and then what is that plan? It's like you can't do it by yourself, so.
1: Yeah, I love that. And that's cool because that's like a lot of the things we kind of mentioned early on in our conversation, you know, not feeling like you can have to do it all by yourself, stepping your ego aside and asking for help when you need it, but then yeah. also expecting to fail, but also taking, getting back up and doing something, even if you do fail.
0: Yeah. And it's, um, you know, just look at them as discoveries, not failures.
1: Yes. I love that. I love that. So what is the ultimate goal for you? The
0: ultimate goal for me is to leave something behind that uh, continues to run uh, as you know after I'm gone and just mm. inspiring people you know like I just want to like make people happy and, and help them in their lives in any way that I can and um, that's what makes me truly happy and it makes me feel the best. So the ultimate goal would be to you know, obviously I'm creating this wig wizardry thing, which is awesome. And I would, I would love for that to like be a running thing. Um, I would love to do the, um, the, I would love to bring back the parallel universe. That was really fun.
1: Um, So just like
0: doing things like that, that are fun and inspirational and showing people that like, you know, if finding your passion is one of the biggest keys to life and that's how you can be happy
1: love it. Do you have any last parting tips or advice you'd like to share to the listener who is a hairstylist or wants to become one or wants to kind of follow in your footsteps?
0: I would say um be open minded. Definitely be open minded and don't be um and never think that you got this, you know? Always be mm-hmm. re- be willing to learn from somebody. Never think that you got it because the next thing you know somebody's going to be sliding right past you. Um so If you want to grow and continue to grow, be open-minded. Just make sure that you are willing to learn from anybody because you never know that what you think is right. You know, it could be, you You know, you look at somebody else and you think that they're doing something wrong or you think that, why are they doing it like that? Like, but if you're open-minded to it and you look at them, like, why are they doing it like that? There could, there's Mm -hmm. gotta be, you know, like, so. So just be open-minded and, and, you know, I think you grow a lot more that way than closed-minded people.
1: Love it, love it. What can our listeners look forward to from you? What's next for you? Got so any projects thing, in the line?
0: Yeah, definitely. The wig wizardry thing is the biggest thing that I have coming up soon. And so what that's- is, been, is there a
1: launch date for that?
0: There's not a, there, um, I, I'm coming up with the launch date of this month. So I'll okay. have it <laughs> not really soon, but I haven't picked an exact date yet um I was on the uh zoom with my assistant right before this and we were picking a date she's like she's like just get she's like we'll pick a date eventually but we don't need to do it today so I'm like all right all right all right (laughs) oh yeah we're coming out with that this month though I'm excited Woo! with brands and and um just doing more with wigs like wigs 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 I love wigs
1: Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing the launch of that and seeing all the cool things you're up to. I'm going to link to everything below in the show notes and on the website and all that stuff. Everybody listening, make sure you go follow him on Instagram and check out his work because he's so freaking talented and his work is beautiful. And if you know me, I love colors and he's all about the colors. So definitely go show him some love and um, tell him that you heard him on Gangstar Creative. So Neil, thank you so much for your time and sharing all your goodness with us. I'm super excited to have had you on.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, it was fun talking again and chatting and chopping it up.
1: Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes, and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDFs. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson, and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.